This morning, I was going to have you remain standing for the reading of the word, but some of you look a little tired. <laughs> some of you look like you've been drinking chamomile tea, the, you know, the sleepy time. So I also have like 44 slides of scripture today, too. So I, you probably would have been standing pretty much the whole time, but that's okay because I got to too, right? I mean, don't worry about me, though. Uh, I, I may have been up since 3 o'clock this morning, but listen, I had four cups of coffee before I left the house. I am prayed up. I am ready to go. On my way here, in the truck was a big Red Bull that I accidentally didn't drink the other day and was there waiting for me this morning. I got my wings on this morning, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> but I don't need any artificial caffeine high this morning. If you were here on Wednesday night, and if you weren't, you should have been, uh, as we sat around the tables, we were discussing creation. And we were talking about each day of creation and, and how God would create, and then he would say, and it was good. And then we got to man. And guess what? When he created it, when he created man, guess what? It was still good. Then man messed things up a little bit, didn't they? All of a sudden, they were no longer in the garden. All of a sudden, everything wasn't good, was it? We live in this fallen, broken, sinful world, and as we talked on Wednesday, uh, we, we were talking, and we're like, man, this world is just full of sin. It's so hard. It's so painful. And in that moment, I'm like, man, we are going to go to 1 John chapter 5 this morning. We were going to be in Zechariah today, but on Wednesday night, I just really felt that that's where, in that moment, I felt that's where God would have us to be this morning. So let me tell you, if you've got your Bible, we will be in 1 John chapter 5. We will also be in Mark chapter 5 and a whole lot of other scripture in between. But if you want to mark those two and go ahead and go there, and as you're doing that, let me just take you to John's gospel before we get to his first epistle. In John's gospel, in John 1.1, it says this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then if you go down to verse number 14, it says this, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if you continue through John's gospel and you get all the way to the 20th chapter, in verse number 31, it says this, but these are written that you may believe. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Can everyone this morning say believing? And what does it say you can have if you believe in His name? It says you can have life. Church, Jesus gives us life and not death. 
Y'all ready? Are you there in 1 John chapter 5? All right, 1 Jan, 1 Jan, wow. Got to slow down just a little bit. Need some decaf coffee now, I guess. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5, verse number 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. One more time, everyone say, believes. If you believe, what does it say about you? It says you are born of God. Oh, come on. That means you are children of God Almighty, sons and daughters of the one, the only, the true living God. We are told in his word what? We are co-heirs with Christ. 1 John 5, 2 says, but this, or by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Well, that first one was easy. Now these next couple of verses are a little tougher, aren't they? How do you know you're born of God? Because you love his children. That means all his children. By loving God, by keeping his commandments. We're going to get stung just a little bit, but then we're going to move on. This morning on the way to, to church, I saw a deer on Center Point Road, in the road, on the road. And as I saw it there, my first thought was this. Tennessee, you have a roadkill law. What's that mean? It means it's perfectly legal to snatch that thing up and take it home, right? And I'm thinking, wonder how long it's been there, venison steak. Then I noticed it ain't been there too long because over to the side of the road was some other deer. And, and as I saw them there, they hadn't run off. They were standing there. And I was taken in that moment just to the animal kingdom in general. And, and my thought was, man, sometimes the animal kingdom does a better job in grieving and caring for their own than people. And I thought in that moment as I was driving down the road, I thought of the mama eagle in her nest. As that, as that mama's preparing those babies to go. They, the, the babies are there and they're preparing for flight and, and what are they doing? They're sitting in that nice, soft nest. Everything's comfortable. But what does the mama eagle start doing? She starts taking out all that soft stuff, all the comfortable stuff. What's left? The thorns, the sticks, the things that aren't so comfortable. And those babies get uncomfortable. But what does it help them do? Helps them to fly. Helps them to fly. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm not here this morning to make you comfortable. I'm here today to help you fly. I believe God has a word for you. Chapter 5, verse 3 says this, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. What? What? His commandments are not burdensome? That's not what the world says, though, is it? The enemy's been telling me his commandments are burdensome. You can't do it. So here's the deal. 
Either God and his word is a lie, or the devil is a liar. See, there ain't no in-between. One is telling the truth, and one is telling a lie. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, we already said we're born of God. And what does it say here? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Faith comes by hearing, by the word of God, by hearing and hearing the word of God. Some of you need to hear yourself declare the word of God over yourself today. See, you are born of God. You need to look to your neighbor and say, I am born of God. Oh, you need to say it like you believe it. Maybe you just need to say it to yourself. It's a little embarrassing maybe turning to your neighbor and saying, hey, I'm born of God. I don't know about you, but I am. Just tell yourself. Pretend you're looking in the mirror. Let's say it together. I am born of God. Therefore, I am an overcomer. Uh, that word overcome means to prevail, to conquer, to be the victor. It's the same word, or they use the same root word as they do right there in victory. That word victory is Nike. Oh, I got on my wrong shoes today. I got on my Adidas. <laughs> but that word victory is Nike, and that's where that word overcome comes from as well. We are to prevail, to conquer, to be a victor. One more verse in John 5. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Believes. Do you believe? Oh, do you believe? Come on. All right. Well, this morning I don't have a bunch of funny stories to tell. Nothing wrong with jokes. Nothing wrong with funny stories. Laughing's good for us. You, you, you heard Tony earlier. She, she, she said Proverbs 17.22, right? She said, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Some of your spirits are like dry bones. See, I think you need a little more than a good joke this morning or a funny story. See, a, 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 a funny joke or a good story may be good today in the moment, but that joke ain't going to help you when you leave here. See, I believe today you need to hear the word. I believe you need to hear some truth because some of you are bound up in the only thing that is going to bring freedom is the truth that you know. So today, I ain't got nothing for you. I got nothing. But praise God, he does. Through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit, he has something for you today. If you will hear it, and believe it, you are going to have victory this morning. Now, for those who don't need any victory, you just need three points that are going to make you feel like you've been to church today. Go ahead and write them down. I'll give them to you now so you're not worried about it. Here they are. The Word of God. Read it, believe it, do it. Oh, I know it's simple, 
But if you don't do those three things, you're not going to have victory. If you don't read it, how are you going to believe it? And if you don't believe it, you sure ain't going to do it. Well, what if I try and it doesn't work? Let me give you the shampoo bottle directions. Wash, rinse, repeat. Keep doing it. Keep reading it. Keep believing. Repeat. Do it again. See, the world is coming at you every day, and every day you got to transform your mind. And the only way to do it is to renew it. How do you renew it? The reading of the Word. You see, I can eat right. I can go to the gym tomorrow. But if I got 20 years of shoving Twinkies in my mouth, one day of eating healthy, one day at the gym, it ain't going to bring life-changing results. One week in the gym, one week of eating right, exercising daily, I might see a little change. I might see a little progress. 30 days. 30 days of eating healthy. Working out every day. I promise you there's going to be a difference. Oh, I know you're like, but Pastor Todd, I've tried that. I've tried eating right for a month. I've tried going to the gym every day for a month. And I saw no change. You're lying. You are a liar. You did not. You did not eat right every day for 30 days and go to the gym and work out every day for 30 days and saw no change. Oh, you ate right part of the month. You exercised some days. But I promise you, if you saw zero results after a month of eating healthy and exercising daily, you would have saw some results. But no, you skipped some healthy meals and ate a Twinkie. You turned on Netflix and didn't go to the gym. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you get in the Word every day, every day, believe what it says every day, and do what it says every day, and you do that for 30 days, you're going to see some change in your life. I promise you that. You may not be the perfect picture of Christ after 30 days. In fact, you won't be. But I bet you're going to look a little more like him at the end of that 30 days than you did at the beginning. you got to read it, you got to believe it, and you got to do it. And then you got to do it all over again. I know I'm giving you all the points on the front side. Not making you wonder if I'm ever going to say the last one or if I'm going to have any point at all. But today's not normal. See, I'm of the belief that normal isn't what God's wanting from us. How many times over the last year have you heard, I want things to get back to normal? Oh, come on. Someone may have said something similar to this sitting at the table right out there this morning. I'm tired of the way things are right now. I just want some sense of normalcy in my life. You've heard it, haven't you? You probably said it. Oh, I've said it. I had many pastors say it too. And when pastors say it, it's usually in the context of people coming to church. They want, they want to get back to the normal crowds, the regular rhythms of life, the things that are predictable. 
The problem, though, is this. Many times, church services have just become routine. People show up so they can check a box of attendance. They bring the tithe, sing a few songs, maybe feel a little better or a little worse, depending on the week, move on to the next week and do it all over again. People coming to church, singing songs, being encouraged or challenged, if that's part of normal, how can that be bad? Well, what if, as Christians, normal is not what God has intended for us? His word says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. In Psalms, it says this in, in verse number 37, or chapter 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. God has a plan for you. Your steps are ordered by him. And as believers, our steps are not meant to be normal. Think about it. Other religions, they all come to us from what? From people who are dead and buried in the ground. That's normal. But Christianity is not normal. See, our religion comes to us by a God that has come in the flesh. We read it in John. He's been seen. He's been felt. He's been heard. He came to earth in the flesh. Born of a virgin. Let me tell you, there's nothing normal about that. Live the perfect, sinless life again. Not normal. Died so that we could be forgiven. Not normal of any other religion. See, other religions aren't based upon a God who sacrifices himself for people. He, he was buried in the ground just like every other religious leader, just like Muhammad, just like Buddha. But Jesus wasn't normal. See, on the third day, he walked out of the grave. See, Christianity isn't normal, and as Christians, we aren't called to live normal. See, in this world, normal is wickedness. Normal is lewd behavior. Normal is evil. Normal is sexual relations outside of the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. And yes, I said between a man and a woman. While it might be normal by the world standards for sexual i got to watch my words here. Um, for sexual relations outside of the covenant of marriage, it's not okay with God's standards. See, the world says it's your body. Do with it what makes you feel good. But that ain't what God's Word says. God's Word says, husbands, your body belongs to the wife. And wife... The word says, his body belongs to you. Wait, I just said that twice. Uh, husbands, it says that her body belongs to you, too. This ain't a one-way street here. If you don't believe me, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Read it for yourself. Obviously, I need a little help getting that out right this morning. First John 
5, 3, what did it say? For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. But normal says living a life of holiness is burdensome. Normal says it's too hard to live right. It's, it's too hard not to, to do the things the world is doing. But what does God's word say? His word says his commandments are not burdensome. See, the, the enemy wants you to think that when you mess up, and you will, that you're done. That's burdensome. See, the enemy wants you to think there is no hope. That's burdensome. And to think that the weight of forgiveness is upon you, who do you think you are, God? Do you think you were made with the ability to carry that weight upon your shoulders? If you were, Jesus wouldn't have to come in the most unnormal way. He would not have had to live the most unnormal life. He would not have had to die the most unnormal death. He would not have walked out of the grave in an unmost normal way. Most unnormal way. You know what I'm saying here. He would not have ascended into heaven, sat at the right hand of the Father, and interceded on your behalf like no other king, no other normal king would do. That's because there's nothing normal about him. And for us to think that we have to earn our way, and that's other religions. We ain't called to live normal. See, normal says when you get knocked down, stay down. Normal says when you fall, there is no hope. But we aren't called to be normal. In him, we are an overcomer. In Him we are head and not the tail. In Him we are blessed and we are not cursed. For the curse of sin was upon us. But He took it when they nailed Him to the cross. And by His blood we have been set free from that curse. See, I already read to you from Psalms where it said, Though He fall, He shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds Him with His hand. Child of God. We already said that's what we are. You might get knocked down. This last year may have felt like a year of being knocked down. You may be in the longest season of knocked down in your life. But child of God. I said, child of God, this life, this season is not the end. This world is not the end child of God. His word declares, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Normal's the world. And as a child of God, you have overcome the world. Normal is broken relationships. Normal is abortion, drug addiction, and drunkenness. Normal is cheating, fraud, and skimming a little off the top. Nobody's going to notice. Normal is pride, narcissism. Look at Facebook. Look at Instagram. Normal is looking out for number one. Oh, I know you've never done any of those things I just listed. But normal is also this. Normal is sleeplessness. Normal is running in circles and never being satisfied. 
Jesus didn't call us to be normal. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, normal is tired. Normal is weary. And uh, Jesus said, I got something unnormal for you. I got something different. I got what the world cannot give. I don't know about you, but I'm not so much a fan of normal anymore. And I believe I am here to release the word of God over you today. And I believe it's already beginning in this room. I believe people are being set free from normal today. See, we get so caught up in the normal rhythms of life that it becomes so normal that we don't even see anything wrong with it. See, we think the broken lives that we live is just the way it's going to be. We think there cannot be any other way. I mean, normal says there's a lot of ways to heaven, but is that what Jesus said? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We say we live in a broken world, so we just got to deal with it, and that's just the way it is. Is that what Jesus showed? Is that what he taught? Jesus said this in small print. I was trying to condense my number of slides down. Jesus said this, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Normal is earth. Unnormal is heaven. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray, are you asking for normal? Or are you asking for the unnormal? What are you believing for? See, the world is normal. But our text said, if we are born of him, we have overcome the world. In him. You are new. Paul said we are aliens in this world. This is not our home. Why are we getting so settled into this world? We're living in this world like this world is the end. Like there's nothing beyond. That's normal thinking. That's world thinking. We got a home, and let me tell you, this ain't it. Living normal is living like there is no hope beyond our current lot in life. Mark 5 says this in verse number 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, see, he was doing the unnormal things, and she heard about the things that he was doing. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
where she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. We're told this woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 long years. This wasn't an occasional problem. This was a 12-year-long problem. She wasn't simply dealing with maybe feeling a little rejected. The law literally declared she was an outcast. The woman was considered unclean. No one could come in contact with her. Twelve years. The level of emotional pain that she must have been going through. Can you, can you imagine what she had to endure? It says she suffered under the care of doctors for 12 years. Let me tell you, she wasn't getting 21st century treatment at Vanderbilt. If you go back into Leviticus and read some of the things that were required. Listen. I believe in, in doctors. I believe in medical care. My wife's a nurse. My daughter's a nurse. But she had went that route. She tried those things. The physical side of her issue would have taken its own toll. Can you imagine the physical stress that her body was under? For those of you who gave blood for the first time this last two weeks ago now, I guess. You felt what it was like to have blood leave your body and so did life, or so it seemed. If you've ever had a, a surgery and you had a great blood loss, dealt with anemia, you can kind of get an idea of what this woman was feeling. See, I remember after our youngest was born, this is 20 years ago plus, Rachel dealt with an intense time of anemia. During this time, she had no energy. She struggled to get up and, and just do basic life things. Yet she had a baby, a two-year-old, a four-year-old. And during this time, she fell into a deep state of depression for an extended period of time. That's the kind of toll this can take on your body. And we're talking about 12 long years of this. This woman dealt with this for 12 years. Physical, life-draining ailment. But the burden wasn't only physical. You got to consider the time that she lived in. The mental and emotional burden she had to have been under. She's got no physical energy but she's also been deemed unclean. She can't be around family. She can't be with people out in public. It sounds a bit like the last year of the pandemic, don't it? She was unclean. We were walking through Kroger yesterday, and I didn't have a mask on. I felt like I needed to yell, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm vaccinated, I'm clean. All the money she had was gone says she spent all she had, all her time, all her energy, all her finances. I can only imagine she's barely getting by, maybe having to survive on just what she could find. An outcast. But what about the church? Surely they would have come alongside her. 
She wasn't even allowed in. See, there was a place within the temple court known as the women's court, but she wouldn't even have been allowed in there. Can you imagine today if you're dealing with an issue that brought you to a place of defeat, a place of depression, a place where you were a complete emotional and mental wreck and you weren't even allowed to come to the place that was meant to be a place of healing and restoration? Can I tell you the fact is today, there are many people who feel just that way. They feel like they're not welcome at the church. They feel like they're going to be an outcast. See, they're at a place in their life where they feel like they've been completely rejected by society. And sometimes even the church, a place of hope, a place of healing, a place of restoration, seems like a place that's just off limits to them. Because the shame that is upon them makes them feel like it's a place they cannot go. The pressure, the weight that this woman felt. She had come to a place where all hope was gone. And then she heard about something unnormal. There was a man, a teacher by the name of Jesus. And she heard about all that he had been doing. And she said, baby, just maybe, maybe if I can get to him, maybe if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get close enough, maybe, maybe I could be made clean. She had to be willing to cross the lines, though. She had to be willing to push through the crowds. See, she heard about this man who who had healed a young girl who was dying. A man at which demons must obey. She had to be thinking, I've tried everything else. If there's only a small chance that I could get a little bit of relief, I'm ready to take it. She not dare yell out. How could she call to him? But the pain was so great she had to do something. So as Jesus was passing, she decided to push through all the barriers. She decided to push through all the normal and do the unnormal. She's going to get past her shame. She wasn't going to let anything stop her. This woman knew she had to get to Jesus. Verse number 29. She gets to him. She touches the hem of his garment. Does he scold her? It says immediately when she did this, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you, you say, Who touched me? They're a little sarcastic, weren't they? We probably talked to Jesus like that a time or two, though, haven't we? 
And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Man, it must have been a something special to be in that place. To be in a town where Jesus was passing through. Can I tell you something this morning? We don't have to wait for him to pass through Goodlessville, Tennessee. We don't have to wait for him to pass through Laverne or Gallatin or Lebanon or Smyrna or Nashville or Hendersonville or Portland or White House or wherever you may have come from this morning. He's already here. He's available right now, right here. It doesn't matter where in the world you may be. He's always near. But unfortunately, sometimes we allow the crowd to keep us back. The crowd of normal. The crowd of our everyday life. The noise. This morning, I want to encourage you, don't let life, don't let normal get in the way from you getting to Jesus. See, this morning, no matter the need, Jesus is the answer. The woman with the issue of blood suffered 12 years. The shame of all she was subject to had to be completely overwhelming. I'm, saw, I'm sure people, when they saw her, had questions. The questions arose like, what sin was in her life that she had to deal with this for so long? But Jesus answers that question later on, doesn't he? When dealing with the blind man. Today, maybe you're dealing with something you've allowed, you've allowed the shame from it to keep you from taking it to Jesus. Let me just share a few things with you. Her faith was in Jesus and his ability, and that is what caused her to pass, 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 push through normal. Your faith that you have, it was given to you by the same one that you need to go to. See, Romans 12, 3 tells us, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. See, without the measure of faith given, we wouldn't even be able to go to Him for salvation. What if my faith isn't enough? This is what His Word says about that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've heard the Word of God this morning. Let your faith rise up. Let me give you a few hundred more verses real quick. To increase your faith just a little bit more. Are you in Christ? Well, let me tell you, Christ has victory over sin. He has victory over temptation. Hebrews tells us this. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He has triumphed over the world, John 16 tells us. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He has had victory over the devil. 1 John 3, 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the, de of the devil. Acts 2, 24 whom God raised up, talking about Jesus, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death could not hold him. He's had victory over every enemy. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. But can I tell you something else? Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of the Almighty. Believers have victory too. Our believer, believers have victory through Jesus Christ. Guess what? We have victory over the power of sin. Romans 7, 24 and 25 tells us, O wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. See, we have power over sin in Jesus. Over temptation. No temptation. What temptation? No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Man, I just can't turn off the TV. He gave you a remote. It's got an on-off button, not just a not just to turn up the volume or turn it down because you're afraid someone might hear what you're watching. There's a little clicker there on your computer that'll close out those screens. See, you've been provided a way out. Struggling with dependency? There's a way out. Jesus is the way. Thursdays, we got to celebrate recovery right here. There's a way out. giving you victory over Satan too. Revelation 12.10 Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. I'm here to tell you the one that's been accusing you, the one that's been whispering in your ear, the one that's been telling all those lies, listen to me. The Word of God says He has been cast down. 
And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. We're going to wrap this thing up. We get to share in Christ's victory. Romans 8, 37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Revelation 3, 5. I think I've missed a few verses along the way, but he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. Come on, who overcomes? Sons and daughters. Those who what? We said it, and we said it, and we said it. Who overcomes? Those who believe. Who are the sons and daughters? Those who believe. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. You still saying your faith isn't enough? You can't push past the normal because your faith isn't enough. I'm here to tell you this morning, push through anyway. You feel like you can't believe, push through anyway. What, what, what happened with the father, with the possessed child? The story's in Mark chapter 9, verse number 23. It says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you believe, all things are possible. Well, I just told you I'm struggling with my belief. I'm not sure that this is going to work. I'm not sure this is going to take hold. What happens next? Verse 24. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So, so did Jesus say, go on, get out of here? I said, if you believe, all things are possible. Did he say, you, sorry, you don't have enough faith this morning. Go home, come back when you got some more. I don't think that's what it says. He said this, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The man just had enough faith to say, I believe, but I don't really believe. I believe, but I'm struggling with my belief. I believe, but I'm, I'm not real sure. I believe you can do this, but I'm not sure I've got the faith to believe for myself. Jesus didn't rebuke him. He rebuked the spirit. He rebuked the demon. And he said, come out of him and return no more. That was unnormal. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a little unnormal. And I believe this morning in these next moments, we are going to see something unnormal. Unnormal to the world, but normal to Jesus. See, I believe in the next moments we're going to see pain disappear. I believe in these next more moments that normal that you have struggled with for year after year after year, that thing that has been a weight 
tied around your neck, I believe that it is going to be lifted away. But you got to push through the normal. You got to push through it. You got to say, you know what? I know I've tried this before. I, I know that I've, 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 I've went and I've prayed and I've believed and I didn't see anything happen. Maybe you didn't. But maybe today, maybe today is the day that heaven comes down to earth, that the unnormal meets your normal. See, because Jesus said, when you pray this way, pray on earth as it is in heaven. We know this in heaven, there is no sickness. We know in heaven, there is no disease. In heaven, we know there is no pain. And he says, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Put a name to your normal. Is your normal sickness, disease, shame, pain, broken relationship, sin, bitterness, anger, hatred, prodigal? Whatever it is, whatever shame that has been upon you, put a name to it. Because the Word of God says there is no greater name. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, normal says I've tried before. Well, let me tell you. There's nothing normal about what Jesus does. That's supernatural. It's not ordinary. It's extraordinary. Let's make the supernatural our new natural, our new normal. I believe right now in this moment, all across this room, people are about to be set free. Right now, every head bowed across this room, every head bowed, every eye closed.